0: Who are you? Silence, Earthling! My name is Darth Vader. I am an extraterrestrial from the planet Vulcan. There's an ancient Italian maxim that roughly translates to uh, He who is resistant to change is destined to perish. Why don't you try to open up that mind of yours? You know, it's like, look at Ken. He
1: Hello, Old Sport. You are listening to I Saw in a Movie, an advice podcast co-hosted by your friendly cinematic pals at Movie John. I am the Old Sport and classic coroner, Rosalie Kicks, and this is my film pal,
2: Ryan Silverstein, the Red Herring.
1: And each episode, we take a question from our listeners and go to the movies for the answer. And this episode, we are joined by a special guest, Cinema 76 writer and host of the movie podcast, I Like to Movie Movie, our film pal, Garrett Smith.
0: Hey, hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you here too. Um, So before we get to the question, we do like to share with our listeners what we have been watching lately. So, Garrett, since you're the guest, do you want to share a movie that you recently watched that you liked?
0: Yes, I will, and I will use this as an opportunity to shamelessly plug my own podcast. Um, uh, Ryan just uh, guested on my podcast. I like to movie movie to talk about um, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three, um, the uh, the the '70s movie that stars uh, Walter Matthau and Robert Shaw. Have you ever seen that one, Rosalie?
1: I have not. But I think it's on Criterion right now, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan, is that how you watched it?
2: Uh, I have the Blu-ray because this is uh, an absolute favorite (sighs) movie of mine. Uh, It's a Kino Lorber, by the way. But it is. uh, It's actually on the TCM app right now.
1: That's where I saw it. Because I use the TCM app, too. And I love Walter Matthau.
2: Oh, you should watch this, Rosalie.
0: It is (laughs) so good. It's like a really, really exciting thriller uh, but it also is like a, a movie that stars Walter Matthau as like a pretty typical, like comedic Walter Matthau character. Um, so it's like it's pretty funny the whole time, but it is also, you know, sort of a serious minded thriller, I would say. Um, it's like about a bunch of guys that take over a subway train and try and hold it for ransom. Um, and uh, just sort of about the city of New York trying to respond to this, uh, this sort of terrorist act. Uh, and it's like very exciting it's like you know a two-hour montage practically it just moves so fast uh but is like very quippy and uh you know kind of dialogue heavy but like not um even though there's a lot of exposition it's all handled in like very fun crafty like well-scripted ways uh it's like a very tight script it's it's super fun i can't recommend it enough and we just uh if you're listening to this now, well, there's a, uh, you can go to I Like to Movie Movie and, and see a whole podcast that I did with uh, Ryan about it.
1: That's awesome. Now, is yeah. the whole thing primarily set on the subway then?
0: Kind of, yeah. It's like it's basically it bounces back and forth between the subway car that they've taken hostage okay. and then like the, I guess, I, I don't know, Ryan, is it like the, uh, what would you call that? It's the transit authority, I guess, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's their like control room.
0: Yeah it's like a control room in the transit authority where they're sort of monitoring all the network of trains and they're sort of seeing that there's a train stopped on the track and they can't figure out why. And then they finally get in touch over the radio. And it's this guy saying he wants a million dollars or he'll start executing people. Um, okay. And, uh, and so, and, and that is uh, Robert Shaw plays the, the main, um, like terrorist, um, but also among the terrorists are uh, Hector Elizondo. Is that how you say his last name? Uh, and sure. he, he, yeah he's like a great character actor that's like in a bunch of stuff but uh, most importantly I don't even know this actor's name but the guy that played Wilson on Home Improvement is uh,
1: one of the uh, terrorists oh. yes. oh so you see his face
0: kind of they're in disguise the whole time so he still <laughs> yeah. manages to get away with not actually showing his face <laughs> oh, wow. that's
2: true
1: I'm just imagining if this, like, really happened on a SEPTA train, you'd be so screwed.
0: Oh, there's literally a line where, like, a guy that, uh, I I think it's a guy that works for the Transit Authority, like, they're, like, you know, they're, like, negotiating for the lives of these people, and uh, the guy that works for the Transit Authority says something to the effect of, oh, come on, what do they expect for the 35 cents? To live to the end of the day?
1: Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, And, Rosalie, there's an important film connection uh, that we discovered in recording I Like to Movie Movie that I need to tell you about, which is uh, the other main hijacker, like the secondary guy. um, He is played by Martin Bossum. Okay. uh, Who was uh, uh, Detective Arbogast in Psycho. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. Watching it.
2: Yes. He's like one of the main characters of the movie. I mean,
1: I would watch it anyway because math, though. Right. Um, But yeah, for those that aren't aware, SEPTA is our transit authority here in Philadelphia. Yeah. And they're comical.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. I
1: would not want to be stuck on a train, and that my fate was in their hands. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. But this sounds like an exciting picture. It is.
0: I think you would enjoy it very much. I think you and Bev would would both probably get a kick out of it.
1: Yeah, I think he would like it too. And he would probably also be able to point out all of the engineering inaccuracies.
0: Oh, I'm sure that would be delightful. Yeah. Because
1: that was something when we watched, oh, that Christopher Nolan space film. (laughs) Interstellar? Yes, thank you. Yeah. I saw that with Ben and one of his co-workers who I call Pockets which is Uh a story for another day. Uh But he, but both of them, after the film, were just like, well, this was wrong. That doesn't work. (laughs) That science is wrong. And I was like, I don't know nothing about science.
2: And you're like, guys, it's about love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, everybody can have their opinion on that film. I was just more scared. I really didn't like the wormholes and the time. Like, oh, if I'm in this place... Time on Earth just went by a hundred years, but I've oh. only been gone five minutes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't like that. That was freaky to me. But I,
0: I, uh, I took a poetry class in college, and uh, we had to write about our greatest fears, and most of my poetry was about getting caught in like a time loop of some kind. Oh, yeah. That's like, a, a, that is a terrible, terrible fear of mine. Be, to be stuck in some sort of, like, that sort of thing where, like, time is compressed in some sort of odd way and right. things move for me mm-hmm. in a way that they don't for everybody else. I You know, whether that means it's a loop or, or some sort of compression like that, it's hor- horrifying.
1: Well, according to engineers, the film is inaccurate. So, no worries.
2: <laughs> I would no still kidding. enjoy watching, taking a poem, One, Two, Three, with Ben, though. I think yes. he would have a really interesting perspective on it. He probably it,
1: would. It would be an experience. Yeah.
2: Especially the so,
0: lone speeding subway car. Yeah. You would have plenty <laughs> to say yep. about that.
1: So, Ryan, what did you pick? Uh,
2: so, I recently watched for the first time, uh, in part with your encouragement, Rosalie, um, the 1990 Warren Beatty directed and starring film Dick Tracy.
1: <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> what, seriously. I, I know. I don't know what it is about that movie, but go on.
0: There's a lot of crazy makeup effects, right?
2: Yes. Lots. Yeah. Um, but I saw in Letterboxd, Rosalie, that, that this is a movie that uh I rated three stars after I watched it, but and you also rated it three stars. But I, I'm in a total agreement with you that I would watch this again immediately because it's not a great movie, but it is extremely watchable. It has um the that 30s like art deco kind of like overdone aesthetic. Uh, so it feels very much like tim burton's batman uh the rocketeer even the sting a little bit uh with some of like the suit colors and everything just being very loud it's a very loud movie
1: well and i feel that it really was clearly going for this is a comic book film Mm -hmm. like it was trying to really create that feel which again kind of going back to christopher nolan like when he created batman you don't really get that feel that it was a comic book.
0: It, you know? he, he tries to um, strip it of some of that.
1: Yes, making it more real life yeah, yeah. rather than like Dick Tracy, you know, this is a made up world, mm-hmm. it's not a real world. And, you know, you're in kind of again, you're in a comic book almost literally.
2: Yeah. And, and it's reflected in every aspect of the movie from the crazy makeup to the production design. The matte paintings alone in this movie are worth watching it for honestly because they they really make great use of neon and use them like because clearly this is all sets and so they fill oh, uh, yeah. out everything with matte paintings but there's some of the they're some of the best matte paintings I've ever seen in a movie and when I hear you
0: say neon matte paintings
2: yeah I mean <laughs> yeah.
1: somewhere somewhere floating around my home, probably in the basement some my friend. A Movie John fellow, Mr. Clank, he had sent me an old book about the production of how they created Dick Tracy. And there's a lot of the discussion of how they created the backdrops. And, you know, clearly, Ron, you could probably tell they spent a lot of money.
2: It's so expensive. Um, And what I like is, I mean, I think the secret about superhero films that most people don't realize uh, is that most of them aren't actually action movies. Mm -hmm. so like this has like a fight sequence but mostly it's just like uh like people getting like like a bunch of mobsters driving up to somewhere shooting a bunch of people and then leaving it's not actually like action there's not a lot of like car chases and like no you know it's 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 mostly people talking (laughs) um and like trying to figure things out but the production design is great um and Al Pacino's character, he, he plays the 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 bad mobster in I this. Like and uh, his performance is basically the same as his Jimmy Hoffa performance from The Irishman, but just completely dialed all the way up to 11. And I, I could not get enough of it. But he uses that same kind of gruffness in his voice that he gets sometimes mm. uh, to full effect.
1: Yeah, everyone, again, going back to the comic book aspect, is way over the top, mm-hmm. everyone. But I will say, I saw this, I think I saw it in the theater with my grandmother, but I remember when this film came out, I was very scared of Flat Top, yeah. one of the villains. <laughs> He's scary. He's like scary. the makeup. Um, But you guys are like this. So recently you know, because we're all virtual right now for work, they wanted to do a virtual lunch with my team. And I'm not very, let's just say friendly at work, (laughs) you know, I keep to myself, (laughs) but my boss really wanted us to all get together. So she sent out this invite, wear your favorite sweatshirt and, you know, we'll dial in for this lunch. And so I specifically ordered, I found on Etsy, an old vintage Dick Tracy sweatshirt. <laughs> and I will tell you, the sizes back then were a bit smaller <laughs> because it is it is a tight-fitting sweater, but I will never get rid of it. I love it. <laughs> um, But I thought it would be cooler to wear, you know, something like that rather than like some of my coworkers were wearing like college sweatshirts and things of that sort, which doesn't interest me, but this Dick Tracy, they made a lot of merchandise for this film because when I was searching online, I was like, Oh my God, like I do have a couple items. Um, I have a Dick Tracy doll and I also have a board game that my brother had found at a yard sale. rocks
2: that's awesome but yeah this is one of those movies that i couldn't i can't actually remember if i saw it as a kid at all or if i just remember like the action figures really well and like seeing them in the toy aisle all the time
1: i feel though like i don't know if the movie did extraordinarily well you know i i i think because the budget was pretty overblown and i don't know if you mentioned this but it was directed by warren Beatty.
0: right
1: yeah so you know that Ben doesn't. My husband doesn't really care for the picture that much. If you go on a letterbox, I think he expressed his views. He he finds you know it's like Warren Beatty showing off, and I don't know. I, I just have a real soft spot for the film. I I like it a lot.
2: Yeah, I I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, I can understand every single criticism for it. I did find out when I was reading up on the film afterwards that Warren Beatty directed like a short dick tracy short where he was being oh. interviewed on turner classic movies in character that oh i have to i have to dig up on youtube but he whoa. did he's, it so that the rights would not revert back us. to the comic book company so whoa, that he could shit. potentially make a sequel someday whoa
1: oh my god that's he, wild. Is, he is he is a weirdo okay yeah. like I don't know if you guys watched that Howard Howard Hughes picture he made. I like did not. Yeah. I, I know what
0: you're talking about. Insane.
1: Though. Okay. Is it? It's it's odd. He has issues. I mean, <laughs> I like his older stuff. And I highly recommend checking out some of his older things. But yeah, he, what you're describing, Ryan, of him doing that is so something he would do. Well, like, was- I'm just going to do this so that I can keep it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he have a track record of like pretty much every movie he's ever made it took him like 10, 15 years to like develop and actually get made.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And they tend to be again, like overblown.
0: Yeah.
1: High budgets, you know, and they, and that's the thing, because he goes so over budget, I think the return is always very small. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the craziest thing maybe about the Dick Tracy special as it's called is, um, but it, to see this. It, he's uh being interviewed by leonard malton oh, wow. um, dick tracy came out in 1990 yeah this special was made in 2009
0: oh my god really <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so 19 years later i will uh i will do some uh web investigations and pass you guys the link as soon as i can find Oh, yeah,
1: that is we fascinating can, we can throw it up then on the you know i saw it in a movie page so yes. if other people want to check it out but that sounds wild
0: i'd watch it for malton that sounds amazing i yeah. love watching malton act which it sounds like he is required to do
2: yeah just like that episode of freakazoid that i love so much yeah uh or gremlins too yeah
1: <laughs> all right so my pick is a movie though that recently came out and it's available to watch right now on Amazon Prime, which is Sella in the Spades. Oh,
0: and, um, Tori just watched this, uh, this this week as well.
1: Yeah, I saw she also reviewed it. I, I didn't review it for Movie John, but Ben did, my husband. Mm-hmm. And why I picked this movie is, well, one, it's directed by a lady. She has Philadelphia roots. Her name oh. is, yeah, Tyresha Poe. Okay. I, didn't, I don't know if you knew that, but she's Mm-mm. from West Philly. Cool. I don't think she's living in Philly now, though, because Ben had listened to a podcast that she was on, um, Switchblade Sisters, which is oh. hosted yeah, by April Wolf. Mm-hmm. And I think she's living in New York now, but she does have Philadelphia roots. And this was actually her first feature film. And I found it quite impressive, especially, I don't know if it's because after experiencing, you know, my current project of Pizza Man, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just finding that, you know, with that experience of making my own film, then I'm more kind of enthralled or or dazzled by people that are able to accomplish a feature film. Yeah. Uh, Because there's just so much involved and Mm -hmm. you know I think now and not that I didn't know that before but it had been a while since I attempted to make a movie Mm -hmm. that it's kind of been a reminder of how much goes into a production and watching this movie I was very impressed and I guess I'll, I'll get to like so basically the story of it is cella is going to a private school within like the philadelphia suburbs and it focuses on the different cliques that are within that school like the factions and cella runs one of the most powerful cliques which is known as the spades and she throughout the film is looking for a replacement for her because she runs this group but now she is a senior and is getting ready to, like, move on, you know, probably go to college. Mm. So there's a lot of teen drama. But what I found interesting about it was listening to the podcast with her and April Wolf. She talked about her influences were Ryan Johnson's Brick and you know, Wes when, Anderson film. When
0: Tori told me the premise of the movie, I was like, oh, this sounds like Brick. And she was like, oh, yeah, it, it is kind of like Brick.
1: Mhm. And watching the movie, you know, I didn't know that in the beginning and then mm-hmm. found that out afterwards and you can definitely see the influences from Ryan Johnson's movie but then also the Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Like the production design and the style of the film definitely, you know, she was influenced by these other filmmakers. Mhm. And she does a good job of mixing the noir, I feel, with the high school drama. So it, it's worth checking out. And I think it was like 90 minutes.
0: Nice. Perfect runtime.
1: Exactly. I feel is so good for a new filmmaker. Like, you don't want to go overboard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, So, yeah, I, I think, you know, check it out. I, I actually saw, I think it was... Yesterday, Ryan Johnson, which I thought was really cool, tweeted out about her movie. Oh, being, awesome. How yeah, nice. that it's on Amazon Prime because he had heard that she was influenced by Brick, and mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that that's that. awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That dude rules. He's just the greatest.
1: Yeah, he see, he does seem just like a nice person. Yes. yes. You know, and Definitely. And that was I thought, wow, like cuz he has such a far reach to, Yeah, yeah. to tweet that out hopefully and being that it's on amazon prime it's easily accessible yep
2: yeah and uh, ryan johnson is one of those filmmakers who loves who genuinely loves movies more than anything else
0: right yeah like he he would not deny that uh, all of his movies are heavily influenced by other movies um so i'm sure it's like an honor to him to uh hear that a, a movie had been so directly influenced by one of his movies you know
1: yeah yeah especially one like brick yeah. You know that and I I think this came up on a previous episode but for those that may have missed it um Ryan mentioned that Brick is now available on Blu-ray through Kino Lorber and right. I yeah I have to pick that up cuz I do have it on DVD but I, I do as well. think I think mm-hmm. the Blu-ray has also his commentary so Yeah
2: they recorded a new he and I think his cinematographer recorded a new commentary for nice. it um, nice. And they supervise the, like, remastered transfer. That's great.
1: Okay. okay. That's great. So, yeah, I, I'll have to pick that up. Um, all right. So, you guys ready for the question this week? I'm in. Let's do yeah. it. Okay. So, we had a question. Dear I Saw in a Movie, how do I deal with stress and anxiety? Sincerely, Jittery Jason.
0: Jittery Jason.
1: Yes. So again, Garrett, that you since you're the guest, you yes. have the honor of going first. How did you approach this question?
0: Okay, so I'm gonna. Uh, I've I brought two movies to answer it with because I I felt like I had to actually take two different approaches to answering this question because I think right now this is like obviously a very uh, relevant question. I deal with a lot of anxiety myself. Uh, I think a lot of us are anybody that deals with anxiety is probably dealing with a lot of high anxiety right now. I think people that don't normally deal with anxiety might be dealing with some right now. Um, so I wanted to take this like seriously, um, cause I felt like that's like kind of important, but I also wanted to sort of uh, honor the fact that something that I think is always, uh, relieving to me when I'm stressed and have, uh, uh, having anxious moments is like comfort food and fun and, and comedy basically. So I have two answers that I wanted to bring that I, that I think sort yeah. of, both take this seriously, but also treat it, uh, with a light touch as well. If that makes sense. Um, so I don't know. Uh, do you guys have like a preference, uh, which way you'd like me to take this, uh, first?
1: For me, this whole experience has been interesting. Cause I keep seeing people, people post things like, Oh, I really miss hanging out with people. And I'm yeah. like, that's not really my problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my yeah. problem is I miss going to the movie theater. Yeah. Like I really miss that aspect um and then of course where the people come in in that regard is being able to talk to my friends about said movie that i just watched yeah that's
0: <laughs> yeah. uh that's what i bring this up all the time my favorite leonard malton quote is uh, the only thing better than watching movies is talking about movies
1: right yeah <laughs> exactly uh,
0: and i need you guys for that you know Um, Well, so okay, so I'll I'll give my fun answer first because uh, uh, this is the one that I was able to pull a good quote from too. But um, I'm going to use Hot Rod as an example of how to manage uh, stress and anxiety. Have you guys seen Hot Rod? The uh, movie that stars Andy Samberg? I have
2: not actually, but I really want to because I've been over the last couple of years, especially in the last uh, six months or so, as I've been going through Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I've become a much bigger Andy Samberg fan. So I definitely need to check it out.
0: I'm, I'm a pretty big Andy Samberg fan. I think he's, like, very funny. I'm I'm very much a fan of, like, his sort of comedy team, The, uh, the Lonely Island. Um, and this movie was directed by Akiva Schaefer, who's one of those three guys. Um, uh, this was written by Pam Brady, though. Uh, do you guys know her by name? Um, Pam Brady uh, wrote the South Park movie, and... Um, she was a producer of, like, Team America. Um, she produced, like, Lady Dynamite. Uh, she wrote... I think she wrote a lot of the Will Ferrell comedies or was, like, okay. involved with a lot of those. Um, so uh, she wrote Hot Rod, I believe, as a Will Ferrell comedy. Like, it was written to be a Will Ferrell vehicle. Um, and then, you know, eventually that went by the wayside and it got picked up by the one on the Island guys and they sort of molded it to their own sense of humor, which uh, is you know, sort of equally bizarre, but sort of has its own bent to it that is different from Farrell's. I think Hot Rod is like a brilliant, like very funny movie that uh, is somewhat underrated in as much as it just like didn't really make a big splash when it came out and has kind of become more of like, I guess like a cult favorite at this point. Um, But it's about like a a guy that basically needs to learn to just like be true to himself as a lot of, uh, you know, dumb comedies are. But I do think that that is sort of Generally, good advice, and a lot of times when I'm feeling anxiety, I think it's because I, uh, you know, I'm in my own head about uh, who I am, what I'm doing, where I'm going, what what I should be doing. And uh, this movie is a nice reminder to just sort of like let yourself uh, be weird. Uh, there's a great conversation uh, in the movie that I will use as as one of the quotes here for it. Uh, there's a character named Dave in the movie, and uh, he is played by can't i can't think of his name bill Hader, uh and uh they they go to like this fast food place where they call your name for your order and they call out the name voltron and he comes over to pick up his meal and one of the counter says why'd you call yourself voltron and he says i don't know maybe because it's super badass and she goes you're weird <laughs> and he goes hells yeah i am uh and this is very much being uh about being proud of uh, your weirdness and you know letting your freak fried fly, that, that sort of thing. Uh, but it also has this great, great moment that uh, I think about often when I'm feeling anxious, uh, where uh, Andy Samberg's character, Rod, uh, is just feeling very, very emotional and overwhelmed by what's happening. He, uh, he has the stepfather that he feels like he needs to beat in a fight in order to feel like a real man. Uh, and his stepfather gets uh, cancer of some kind and is going to die. And so that causes uh, Rod a lot of anxiety because he's not going to get to beat him in a fight because he's going to die of cancer before he can beat him in a fight. Uh, This is legitimately the plot of this movie. Uh, And uh, so what he says is he needs to go to his quiet place. And then he basically goes to the woods and recreates that scene from Footloose where, uh, uh, have you guys seen Footloose? I have.
1: I have.
2: I have have seen both versions of Footloose. (laughs) Yes, okay.
0: Wait,
1: there's Uh, another version? Oh,
0: there was a remake of Footloose.
1: I agree
0: uh, with that. I believe starring um, uh, Zach
2: Efron. Is that correct? Um, no, I don't think. That's so. incorrect? Hold on.
1: If it starred Zach Efron, I would know.
2: Because oh, okay. Gary would have uh, told us about it. Fair um, enough. It's uh, Kenny Warmold.
0: Oh, okay, sure. I was definitely wrong about that. I don't know who that is. I
1: don't yeah. know who the hell that is. Uh,
0: and- well, there's a scene in um, Kevin Bacon's Footloose where... Uh, That song uh, Never by Moving Pictures starts playing. It starts with a ripping saxophone solo. It's got a lot of synthesizers in it. It's very much my speed, super 80s and goofy. And uh, he just does like a very acrobatic like anger dance to this song. He like smokes a cigarette and drinks a beer while he does it. Uh, He does a lot of flips through the air. Uh, Andy Sandberg recreates that in the woods with a lot of like just sort of 80s smoke aesthetic uh, in uh, in Hot Rod. And it's like one of my favorite things ever. And he says, I need to go to my quiet place and then just shows up in the woods and starts doing acrobatic anger dancing while smoking and drinking. And uh, anytime I'm like really stressed, I think about that a lot. That is, uh, I find myself dancing sometimes when I'm not like, uh, you know, uh, I do dance on my own just at random times to help relieve some stress. It's, it's very much a me thing. Uh, and I, I think that's actually decent, helpful advice. You know, just do, do an anger dance.
1: Yeah, and that actually is a good point, too. Like, after watching a film, sometimes it's good to put on a soundtrack yes. and just dance it out. That's right. You know? yeah. Definitely. Uh, that's be-
2: before we move too far off Footless, I just need to mention that the <laughs> Footloose remake was directed by the same guy who directed Dolome Is My Name last year.
0: Oh, uh, Craig Brewer? Craig Brewer, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, Craig Brewer's a good director. I would watch that Footloose remake. I'm I sure have... there's something good about it.
2: It's pretty good, actually. Like, yeah, it doesn't right? really have a lot of, like, stars in the main roles, but I remember enjoying it. I believe it's one of the first movies that I actually uh, reviewed way back in the day. Oh,
1: awesome. Wait, the Footloose remake? Mm-hmm. I'm, like, just... I don't want to believe that this is real. <laughs> Your You're making it more real. Like we can stop talking about (laughs) the the remake of footloose
2: um but uh but no gary i think i think that's really uh that's really great advice and i think what i like about it is your version of a quiet place you know may be the footloose version but there are other versions and whatever you know suits you best you could find a way to do that and i really i really appreciate that he
0: also
1: like a the old Rod, Footloose version. The old yes, Footloose. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, Rod also does this thing where when he needs to, like, uh, perform a big stunt, he calls on the spirit of various animals. He calls on the spirit of the wolf or the spirit of the eagle to help him go into battle. And I think, you know, these are these are good things, actually. These are, I think uh, I, I'm a big believer in, like, a lot of sort of, like, what may be a meaningless exercise to one person could be a very meaningful exercise to another person. It's, like, whatever helps you you know, go into battle, quote unquote. And uh, I I would encourage people to, uh, you know, let themselves find those things and explore those weird areas that make them feel confident, you know?
1: Agreed. Definitely.
0: Um, And and so just, uh, but I did want to take this seriously too. And there's a movie I think about all the time when I'm stressed. Have you guys seen um, the movie? It comes at night.
1: Yes. Yeah. Actually, I saw that in the theater. I
0: did too. Is Trey Edward Schultz, is that his name? Am I saying that right?
2: Uh, Yes, that that is his name. I have not seen this movie, but it is on my list.
0: Um, So here's the thing is this is a movie that I don't even know if I love. I I, I think it's good. I don't know if I love it, but it it, it is literally a movie about, uh, I mean, actually it's a crazy relevant movie. All of a sudden it's about like a world in which like some sort of thing has like an outbreak has happened of some kind and, Now everybody is trying to live exclusively alone and not come in contact with others. And then a couple sort of comes upon this family that the movie is about and the family has to decide whether they trust that couple enough to let them live among them. Uh, And the movie is basically all about like trust. But really what I think the movie is about, because what I think about all the time is the title of that movie. It comes at night and a lot of the key scenes of the movie happen as night is falling uh, and that seems to be the time that the characters trust each other the least. That's when they let their anxiety creep in and do the most damage and take control. And I think about that a lot, that I, at least for me, I find that that is the case. I do get more uh, stressed and anxious as the day rolls on and it creeps further and further in the evening. For me, that's like definitely true. Uh, and so this, this movie, like as much as I don't know if it's like a great movie or a movie that I love or anything it really, I, all I do sometimes is just think about the title. It comes at night and it reminds me that that is when the anxiety comes. That's when I tend to let it creep in and take over and take hold. And I just need to remember that it's just because it's night. It it comes at night and it is night. And so I I just need to remind myself that like, that's okay. That's how this is. And uh, you don't need to take this any more seriously than anything else. It's, this is just that anxiety. Don't let it take hold. Like, You know, you can. You don't need to mistrust the world. You can. You can just let this come in a wave and wash over you, and and you'll be on the other side of it by more. Yeah.
1: To your point. Yeah. To your point, I feel, you know, probably for me at least, this is true. That at night I do feel more anxious about things because during the day my mind, especially during the week, is more focused on my day job and yeah. the things that I have to get done for that, that by the time night comes, which, you know, before we moved into this quarantine life, I used to come home at night after work and relax, put a movie on, maybe have a drink. But now it's like nighttime, it started to be facing what's actually happening. Yeah. And the reality, because my mind throughout the day is focused on, in my opinion, mindless work, mm-hmm. that at night it's like is when I really start thinking about all of the things that are happening and I get extremely anxious as well. Mm-hmm. And the director of that movie, he also did recently the movie Waves. Yeah, I haven't seen that
0: yet. I'm dying to.
1: It's Great, but I will tell you, this guy knows how to make you anxious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, his movie, his first movie, *Creed* is like that too.
1: Now that one I haven't seen yet; it's on my list. It's phenomenal,
0: but agreed completely on your point about his movies. He knows how to make you feel anxious. That's also true of that movie. Yeah,
1: because *Waves*. I ended up seeing that at TIFF, and I really had no idea like what it was about. Like, I completely went in cold, but that movie what had happened was it got shown and then a lot of buzz started happening and so they added a screening Mm. and usually when they do that obviously it means this movie is good so i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go check it out and i was just not prepared for the ups and downs from that movie and i think ryan you saw it right
2: uh, yeah, I I did see Waves. I watched it on a screener at home, so I didn't get the full in-theater mm-hmm. experience, okay. uh, which I think would have intensified uh, what I felt during the movie. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it it uh, actually ended up on my uh, best of the year list at number nine. I uh, so. okay.
1: It ended up on my list, too, but it's not something... It's one of those movies I don't see myself revisiting again and again. Like, it's a heavy sure. movie.
2: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Well, yeah, so those are my picks. Thank you for cool. indulging
1: me. In. I think they were both great. And, you know, it definitely makes sense what you're saying about It Comes at Night. Because yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Especially those that are trying to manage... The work from home, day job, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like talking to a lot of people, it's it, online and, and whatnot and seeing posts. It's like you have two extremes. Either people are extremely bored mm-hmm. or other people are just so maxed out and stressed. And yeah. I am definitely falling in the maxed out and stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, my work, my day job has slowed down a bit. But in mm. the beginning, it was just like an onslaught and then trying to acclimate to this new way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I guess overall, like the, I realized I just it occurred to me that the unifying thing in both my picks is almost like have a mantra. Like that's a thing that helps me. It is something like I literally think about the phrase, it comes at night when I get really stressed at night and it literally calms me down just to think about that and remind myself. I
1: think I'm gonna that. use that too now. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I, mantras are really helpful even if they're not, you know, as uh succinct as that, even if they're just like, wait, no, I know what like sometimes mantras are a way to recognize your own feelings in that yeah. way. And like kind of get your brain uh, set in a slightly different pattern, which is super helpful when it comes to anxiety. Yeah.
0: having It's like an anchor. It's just giving yourself an anchor. Uh,
2: So for for my pick, uh, I went with something that is a movie that makes me feel really, really good when I watch it, but also has a character that struggles with uh, a bit of anxiety and depression over it. Uh, So I went with uh, the Miyazaki animated film Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, I've never seen this, Ryan. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Rosalie, have you Have you seen this?
1: I have not either. Um, but it's definitely been on my list for far too long. Because I cannot tell you, there's been quite a number of people that have brought this movie up in the movie scene that we write. Mm. Um, people
0: love this movie.
1: They do. And it's come up, a couple people over the years have written about it or included it on a list.
2: Yeah, it's probably, I'm a big fan of Miyazaki's work uh, overall, but this one is probably the one I would pick as my favorite. It's definitely nice. the one that I've watched the most. Um, so it it, it stars uh, Kiki, um, who leaves home when she turns 13, as is traditional for a trainee witch. Um, and so she goes to a big city um, and tries to make a life for herself. So she opens a witch delivery business delivering, um, goods via broomstick. Um, so she lives above a bakery and she's just, you know, it's just a young girl trying to make her way, uh, in the world. And she, you know, meets a lot of different people doing this delivery business. You know, she kind of has a romance with a local boy that she meets, And there's a couple things where she just keeps running into obstacles. Like on her first delivery, there's a big gust of wind and she's, um, you know, she's caught in it and she loses the the thing that she's supposed to deliver. And there's a lot of obstacles uh, that she has to overcome over it uh, over the course of the movie. And so there's a part where um, she is like um, just at her lowest point where she is like nothing's going right for her. She gets really depressed to the point where um, she can no longer fly. And so she can't even do her delivery business. Um, and so one of the characters that she's befriended suggests that it's kind of like a artist block or writer's block where she needs to find a new purpose in order to like get back to her powers. And that's the part of the movie that I really um, kind of thought about when I um, I decided upon it for this question. So it's, um, you know, finding a new thing to do when like, there's so many times where I'm trying to, you know, write about movies, which is something I love doing, but also sometimes the the words just aren't flowing correctly. Uh, But taking a step back and finding either a new project to work on or a new direction or a new idea, even just something to you know, shake myself out of that funk and find a different path forward uh, is something that's like super helpful when I, because sometimes my anxiety, it's, you know, you start a thing and then it's not going well. So you build that up bigger and bigger in your mind. And then it seems like this insurmountable task that you've set for yourself. And so just pivoting into something different makes coming back to that other thing that much easier. Um And this is a movie that it's just, it's super heartwarming. It's, it's, it's like not gentle in the sense that there are bad things that happen, but they're like normal bad things where, you know, things just go wrong. There's nothing, you know, it has a, a, a action sequence at the end where she rescues people who are in the, caught in an airship accident. But um, it's not, you know, for a movie that stars a 13 year old witch, it's not super heightened. You know what I mean? It's very slice of life in a way that's um, just really relatable.
1: Yeah. And I think what you just said about, you know, bad things happen. I feel growing up when you're younger, you think, oh, these bad things just keep happening to me. But in reality, no, bad things just happen. Right. (laughs) we have to deal with it. Uh, And throughout your life, more bad things will happen and you'll deal with it. But I definitely, from your description, want to check out this film. i've been meaning to for years so maybe this is finally going to be the moment that i actually you know check it out because like i said so many people have discussed it and talked about it in the movie scene
2: yeah i really think that's because it's uh even among miyazaki's work i think it is the most uh relatable and the one that um is pretty grounded and also Uh, you know it's very it's that kind of thing where like it is super specific about this world and this girl but the themes within it are universal
0: yeah i mean i think that's the thing that i love about his movies the most it's i have not seen this one but i i'm like a big fan of um, spirited away and my neighbor totoro and he just i don't know he gets compared a lot to like disney movies but i do think he's doing something in his movies that i don't really feel in disney movies which is or at least in the the, the Disney cartoons that I grew up with specifically. It's like these movies are very much, uh, they find ways to teach children about the larger world. I wouldn't even necessarily call it the adult world, but just the larger world uh, in, in ways that are very relatable to children. I think like he's just very capable of that. He sort of gets across these larger ideas about sometimes just like sadness, sometimes mm-hmm. about just like work and how that relates to the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like very simple things like that. He, he. I think his movies are very effective at at teaching sort of like simple, but like big important lessons to children about just like the way the world works, you know?
2: Yeah. And uh, you mentioned work and that's definitely a big theme in Kiki because, you know, she has a job, she has to set up her business. Uh, And what I love about it though, it's not that her life, like work gives her life value, but it's that she finds the work enjoyable and valuable, but it also lets her live her life. You know what I mean? It's it's that slight tweak that makes it a good message instead of a really depressing one.
0: Right, yeah, agreed.
1: Cool. So for me, you know, I went back and forth with this question because I typically, when we get a question that comes in, I try to explore my film library and, you know, when providing advice, which often will lead me to films that I may not have watched before or ones that I've been meaning to see. Or then there's films that I'm just like, oh, yeah, this would be perfect. I haven't watched it for a long time. So (laughs) this is the perfect opportunity to watch it again. However, In discussing the question, I had been talking to Ben about it and much contemplation, I realized that when I'm feeling stressed or anxious, there's really two things that I typically do. And the first is I always will call my mom (laughs) because I definitely don't call her enough. I'm not a phone person. Yeah, I would say that we communicate more through text messages. But when I'm stressed, like there's just something about talking to my mom that is comforting.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And she will listen to me ramble about anything, like whether it's some kind of crazy scheme I have or idea or a movie that I watched that was so great that I just want to tell her about. And it doesn't even matter if it's like really strange. She will listen. So I will call my mom, but then the other thing that I do is I will pop in a movie that I've seen like a billion times that, I don't know, I just find it so comforting when I know all of the dialogue and I know everything that's going to happen. I know how it's going to play out because when I'm stressed, like to put in something new is scary to me. And I don't know if like you guys ever feel that way, but I just don't know, like, well, how's it going to end? And am I going to like it? And I especially don't want to watch something that's going to cause more anxiety.
0: Uh, if you, uh, have, if you can literally look at my letterbox for this year and see when the pandemic starts. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was watching more movies than I have watched. Like, in my, I was like feeling so good about how consistently I was watching new movies trying new stuff and then the pandemic starts and I just stop watching movies altogether. It's not even like I go to stuff that I know. I just am like for exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, Nope. I I just, I can't, can't wrap my head around what I, because I don't know what it's going to be. I can't do it. (laughs) I can't.
2: Yeah. It's funny. We talked about this on uh, the recent episode of the shame files podcast. Uh, Jill and I talking about the things that we have been watching um, cause we're also people that go into comfort movies, but then sometimes I feel bad for not watching stuff. That's at least new to me. Um, and so I actually talked about going through the Criterion Godzilla co- box set has been the perfect happy medium between. I know what a Godzilla movie is basically going to be, even if I haven't seen that particular Godzilla movie. Yeah. And so it's been providing me comfort while also I'm giving myself credit for watching stuff I haven't actually seen before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I'm a, uh, I guess if listeners are not I'm a huge Godzilla fan, so I know that feeling very well. They're very much comfort food to me. And they're, yeah, they're like, a, you know, it's like when you uh, you buy combos or whatever. And it's like, I also have Cheez-Its and like Ritz in the, the uh, cabinet. It's like, it's all the same fulfillment, basically. I, yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, I I feel that when I put in an, a movie that I I know very well, it's like I'm kind of just hanging out with a friend at the yes. house. Mm-hmm. And like I can and to your point about, you know, having your snacks or yeah. a drink that you like, you know, it just makes everything so comforting. So I was going to share, you know, the top, I would say 3 that I just always go to and they're all probably very familiar to a lot of people especially if you know me but the first one being Back to the Future. Oh, I yeah. I have seen it millions of times and I know the dialogue you know backwards forwards and it's one of those movies that I can just put in and it like immediately makes me feel better. Um, but I'm if you, you haven't yeah and if you haven't seen it I mean the concept is Basically, a teen um, played by Michael J. Fox befriends a mad scientist played by Christopher Lloyd, and he dabbles in time travel and he sends Michael J. Fox back to 1955, in which he has to interact with his parents and ensure that he inevitably will be born. So it's kind of like the script is crazy, um, but I, I love it. And then another movie that I will turn to is Psycho, which I know seems like uh-huh. a really weird movie to watch, but like, I don't know. I just find it relaxing. And maybe it's like the mother elements in it.
0: Uh, well, I'm a big Psycho fan. I love that whole series. I just think Norman's like a great character. I would totally watch this Comfort Food just to spend some time with Norman because oh, he's so right. fun.
1: I completely forgot that. Until you've mentioned it, Garrett, like you went through the whole series on my yeah. Like to Movie Movie.
0: Yes. And then I actually have yes. watched them again this year with Tori because she wanted to see them as well. So okay. I, I've now watched like the entirety of the Psycho series multiple times. And I just, Norman is uh, just a, a great character that I genuinely just like like to spend time with in movies. Which well, is a weird if, thing to say, especially if you've only seen the first one.
1: Well, and you feel bad for him yes like you really do like he's one of those I I mean I hate to call him a villain like I don't see him as a villain you just feel really sorry for him
0: Norman is his own worst enemy
1: yeah, but and yeah. the Psycho series. Just to mention that for a second, if anyone's interested, you can purchase like the whole pack of them for like under ten dollars. Yes, like,
0: and I- it's it's totally worth doing. Psycho Two is maybe the most underrated horror sequel of all time. It's like yes. such a great horror sequel. Uh, Three is directed by Anthony Perkins, uh, and right. so while it might be a lesser movie than the other two. It's still very interesting just for, like, the, I don't know, sort of, like, historical context there. And then the fourth one is, like, a made-for-TV movie that's, like, that I think McGarris directed. Uh, and it's, like, real kind of, like, strange and interesting and has its own vibe. It's, like, yeah, I, I they're all actually very much worth watching.
1: Yeah, the TV movie for me was probably the weakest.
0: It is, for sure. But
1: I still, you know, I'm a completist, as I feel you both are. Like, I, I watch them all, you oh, know, yeah. and...
0: I also think, like, as, as much as it's the weakest of that series, uh, it's such a, it's exactly what I would want out of a very late made-for-TV psycho sequel, as far as premise goes. The premise where he's, like, calling into a radio show about serial killers (laughs) and, like, recounting his history as one, like, it's, it's exactly what I want out of that. I wish the movie itself were better, but that, like, it at least nails that sort of, like, what the hell are we even doing? Like, kind of, (laughs) like, concept, you know?
2: Yeah, I have uh, I have purchased the uh, Psycho collection, but I have not watched Beyond the First movie yet. But I will okay. soon.
0: You will have a great time whenever you decide to do it. And I agree with Rosalie that they actually are, are great
2: comfort food movies. And then yeah. I will have approximately six hours of I Like the Movie movie to listen to afterwards. Yes, yes exactly. Always always a good reason to watch a movie is to have podcasts about that movie ready to, like, waiting for you to, to listen to.
0: Holy agree. I was actually going to mention with your pick, Ryan, um, there's a podcast that I like called Blank Check, and they did a whole Miyazaki series um, somewhat recently that's very good. Um, yeah, it, it is very out. good. Yeah.
1: So the, the last movie that I, I picked as kind of this is what I throw on when I need comfort is The Burbs. Oh,
0: awesome. Yeah, so that's a good one.
1: The Burbs, I have known about this movie for a very long time. It's been part of my life. I actually believe it was my brother that showed me The Burbs. And he's slightly younger than me, but I think he may have caught it on TV. And then he purchased it. I think it was on Comedy
0: Central a lot when I was growing up. It
2: was that would
1: make sense. And, anyways, I don't know what it is about this movie, but for those that haven't seen it, it's a Joe Dante flick, and it tells the story of a bunch of suburbanites that spy on their neighbors that they suspect are up to foul play, and comedy ensues. And it it has such a great cast, like Bruce uh, uh, Bruce Stern. Yeah, yeah. Tom Hanks, Corey Feldman, Carrie Fisher. Fisher, yeah. And I don't know if either of you have ever like gone and looked at some of the trivia about the movie, but a lot of it was unscripted. Yeah. Because this happened during, I guess, a strike, mm-hmm. a writer's strike. So a lot of it is really just them improvising.
0: Yeah, and that, uh, that one actor, hold on, I got to get his name, because uh, Ryan, you're you're going to know who this guy is. Is it uh, one I'm- of the
1: Klopeks?
0: Uh, yeah, probably. Because he's, he's the guy in Die Hard that like, has to cut the power to oh, the... Uh, okay. Do you know who I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, I do know who you're talking about.
0: Yeah, he... I, uh, wait, is it this guy? Hold on. Yeah, Rick decomen Rick Dukeman. Rick DeComen. He died in 2015. He plays Art Weingartner. Oh, uh, Art, and appa- Art! And apparently he was like 90% of this movie. A lot of it is him just sort of like riffing. And he's, and bringing yeah, it
1: together, yeah, but that's awesome. Have you seen this, Ryan?
2: I have not in several years uh, or many years at this point, but uh, I do want to go back to it because i've I've come to uh, kind of rediscover Joe Dante uh, in the last couple of years, so Ooh, I, I yeah. do need to go back and visit the, the Burbs.
1: Yeah, this movie is very zany, yeah. you know, and it's just so it's comforting to me. And you know, I. In answering this question, I was realizing too, like over the years, there's been some other movies that have kind of fallen onto this list of like, I will just watch it over and over again. Sure. Um, but it was really when I was working, and this was a previous job that I had where it was just such a stressful environment and it was so such a loud environment that to help me focus, I started listening to movies on Mm -hmm. my phone and it became almost like listening to them like a radio play because i wasn't watching the screen i was just listening to the dialogue so like if i put on back to the future it was fine because i knew the movie so well like i knew what was happening um yeah uh Go ahead.
0: Sorry, just an interesting story to relate. Uh, I, you know, say what you will about him, but I think one of the things that Kevin Smith is good at is dialogue. And he said that he grew up doing the same thing—that because he's from an era where you couldn't really like buy a videotape when he was like really young, uh, he would just sort of like tape things that were playing on TV on like a cassette, and okay. then just re-listen to the movies that he liked that he caught on cable like over and over and over again. And I would imagine That's that cool. that contributes a lot to his ear for good dialogue.
1: I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that
2: either. That's that's actually really cool. Yeah.
1: But it is now, so my new thing, my new bit, I should say, is I'm very into radio plays.
0: Oh, yeah. Hell yeah.
1: And there is someone that I'm going to be discussing on my other podcast in the next episode, Arch Obler. Who's that? he is an old film director but he kind of started out in these radio plays so So he wrote a bunch of scripts he would do them on the radio and then some of them turned into films that he made later yeah and it's just very fascinating to me because I don't know you don't I mean I do know in podcasts there are people that kind of do these radio stories they'll you know tell stories but I'm just very fascinated with these old radio plays with the sound effects yeah. and, you know, trying to create this imagery because at that point in time, they didn't have that capability.
0: Right. You're so doing an episode on sound. him on uh, Cinematic Rift? Yes. Awesome. Yes. I'm going to look for yeah. Oh, that's going to
2: be great.
1: I just discovered him, too, because, of you know, Ryan and I keep plugging TCM. We're waiting yeah. for them to call. Yeah. Uh-huh uh i found him because of the tcm app they had a bunch of movies on there recently and garrett i don't know if you have access to the tcm app uh,
0: not that i know of but I, okay. i'd be willing to grab it because okay. i this is a thing that i've been wanting to do is like get deeper into uh you know just film history yeah, I want cool. to see more like pre 1960s movies, you know. Uh,
2: if you have access to someone's cable subscription, you should be able to set up the TCM app.
1: In yeah.
0: that case, I probably do have access to it and I'll look into that. Thank I you very gonna much. I was going to say
1: maybe talk to someone old. Yes, yes. <laughs> because I actually, one of our listeners who will eventually be on the show, Liz Locke of Cinema Sips, she yes. her and I were just texting back and forth yesterday and I filled her all in on the TCM app. And she's like, well, how do you get it? And I'm like, you got to talk to an elderly person, uh-huh. somebody that doesn't stream, right? but they have cable, mm-hmm. get their cable info and then use it to log into the app.
0: Yes. Yes. And then yeah, you get it. I,
2: but, as an old, I do pay for cable, but so I will we. say the, Uh, having access to the TCM app has actually really completely, like if you look at my letterbox, the years in which uh, the movies I've been watching come from has like jumped backwards in time a good 20 years. That's great.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm looking for a little bit of that because I I would really like to do that.
2: And they play a lot more genre stuff than I realized. There's a movie uh, that was, yeah, that was just on there the other day. So basically the way the app works is, um, Whatever is on TCM today will be on the app tomorrow, and then for a certain amount of time after that. Sometimes as little as a couple of days, sometimes okay. a month. That's cool. Um, so it's a
0: kind of a curated selection that just is revolving.
2: Yeah, but they had Isle of the Dead on, which I need to catch up with. Oh Man, yeah, I've up. never seen
0: that. Is that um, on
2: now? Yeah, it is. It is on there now. Yeah, it has I've Boris.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: is. yeah. Never seen that. But, uh, but would I. Love
1: to. Yeah, with the with the Arch Oberler. They had one of his on because they were doing all of these, like, psychic films. Now, one thing that's interesting, though, and I think Ryan has seen this, too. I think I saw you tweet about this. Their descriptions are not always accurate. (laughs) Like, I don't know who is writing these synopsis. But, like, this one that I watched of Arch Obler's said, like, this woman had split personality. And she sees a psychic. And it helps her, you know, basically, like be able to live with the both personalities at the same time. Well, there was no psychic in this film, (laughs) but like it said that in the description. So it was very confusing. And then like probably a couple days later is when I saw Ryan's tweet where he had the same issue. Like, they had something ridiculous, like written. Yeah, I there. think
2: I think it was like a Popeye short or something that I clicked on, and the description was about Ash catching of Pokemon, and I was like, yeah. "That's not right." Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: So that can be a bit sketchy, but like the film, I mean, it plays fine. Like everything was fine. It was just the description did not match it. Uh, so that was kind of odd. I don't know, maybe somebody hacks into their system or something. I I don't know.
0: No, you know, I think the problem is that a lot of that stuff is handled by algorithms now, and algorithms are, uh, you know, pretty easy to be faulty.
1: Oh, that would make sense. Like, it's snagging it from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um,
2: And then uh, the other thing, the other cool thing about the app is you can actually watch TCM live on either the East Coast or West Coast feeds, so if there's something that's on, like, you can like appointment viewing, and uh, the through my cable package they don't they don't carry uh, TCM in HD, mm. but the app is HD, so mm. I end up watching it through the app more often than through yeah. my actual cable box. Oh, That's
0: funny. So if you like our surfing and you see oh this looks good, you just flip over to the app. The app apps.
1: looks better. The app yeah. looks better than it's the slower. actual channel. It's yeah. weird, mm-hmm. uh, and you can skip the host intros if you don't like Ben Mankiewicz
2: sure sure rosalie do you have negative feelings about ben rankowitz i was gonna
0: say i'm not gonna ask any further i feel like i got enough out of i'm gonna what you just said. leave it
1: as no comment yeah,
2: yeah, yeah
1: but if yeah. i had um, to rank he's probably the last one
0: but if you had to if you had to Ben rankowitz he would be at the bottom
1: well see uh, now you're gonna get me going but i just <laughs> feel like he's an old film professor
2: yeah um, oh, okay that so, i
1: had in uh, school and i'm like Ugh. I He's understand. For me, that's a make.
2: feature, not not a bug. So, <laughs> so. Um, I also didn't realize that he was related to um, Mank Mankiewicz. The, yes. uh, um Because they, I watched one of his movies, uh, and they were like interviewing him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like my, you know, great uncle or whatever." Film and was royalty. Like, huh. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: another yeah. Okay.
2: And the, you know, that David Fincher's next movie is a uh, is Mank.
1: Yes, I know. Very that's excited. Fincher's one of those that has slowly, and I say slowly because initially I thought, you know, oh, Fincher, what a hack. This was when I was in my 20s. (laughs) Now I'm like, oh my God, I love Fincher. Like, I think Fincher is great. Yeah. And I don't understand why he's not doing more films. Yeah. You know, I feel like he's kind of been put in this prison. Of they don't let him do creative stuff. Like I do like Mind Hunter. I really yeah. got into it, but I I would like to see him do more things. Well,
0: he's like uh, he's like a well known uh, curmudgeon. I don't know if you've ever seen him in interviews or anything, but he's like he's very much just a cantankerous uh, man, and uh, I think he just like. And I agree with you. It's like, I don't know why there's not somebody with money that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let him do what he wants. But I think right. he's very much a, look, you're going to let me do what I want or I walk. And so I think he's just walked from a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah. He seems like he's headed down the road of a Palma. Yeah. To me. Like yeah. mm-hmm. he's just going to end up like years from now, we're going to be like, why didn't Fincher get an award? Like, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Well, why weren't I- we talking about this guy? Like, but,
0: my yeah, guess is he's going to be on the uh on the Soderberg tract where he's going to keep saying that no, no, I'm not going to do another one. they don't let me do what I want to do, and he's going to keep finding ways to do another one
1: right,
2: yeah, I think so yeah. but
1: yeah, I do know about his Mankowitz picture. I'm excited about it, but I'm sure it will involve Ben somehow, Ben Mankowitz, and that will be a no. <laughs> but. I still would let TCM, you know, sponsor us if they feel. Like I think it definitely. I,
0: this, yeah. is the, this was such a good plug that I'm going to go find out how I can get it with someone's cable password.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
1: yeah so th- those were my films. I know, you know, it wasn't anything probably new to you guys, but that's what I, I do when I feel stressed. Like I just, I cannot focus on something new, you know, yeah. I, it's I'm just, with you.
0: I, my, I, if I had to name my 3 it would be like Ghostbusters, Shaun of the Dead and Rushmore are like the movies I probably watched the most yeah, and are the most was, like I thought you we were going to say one more. Yeah, Ghostbusters and that. Shaun
1: of the Dead other two comfort films. Yeah, yeah. Especially Ghostbusters. Like yeah. that reminds me of my youth. Yep.
0: I could watch that over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, same. I um it's funny because this uh they're republishing the movie novelizations uh, of oh, Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Yeah, they sent me a copy to review. That's awesome. Um, and it's been it's been a really interesting ride because it's a movie I know so well that now I can tell exactly what parts were from the script and what parts were improvised.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually I have a version of the script that is like not the shooting draft. It's like an mm-hmm. earlier draft of it, and it you, it is like wild how much of that movie is definitely just like created on set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you look at the script and it's like, there's not even that much dialogue in the script. The script is like mostly like action direction, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, Ghostbusters is a comfort movie for me. Um A lot of the ones that you guys mentioned, uh the, you know, the, the Marvel movies just as a whole package. I can pick any sure. one of those and, and those are a sure. comfort movie basically at this point. So
0: yeah, Ragnarok hits that itch for me for sure.
1: So before we sign off, don't forget you can find a breakdown of the episodes on moviejohn.com, where you can also subscribe to our quarterly print zine. And our next issue features jetpacks, flying cars, and robots. That's right, the future. So make sure you subscribe to find a copy in your mailbox. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at I Saw It in a Movie. Or if you're seeking movie advice, you can send us questions to dear I saw in a movie at gmail.com. We also gladly accept postal mail. So if you feel like busting out, you know, a pen and paper, you can send us mail to P.O. Box two hundred one seven two, Philadelphia, PA one nine one four five, attention Movie John. And Garrett, where can people find you at?
0: uh people can find me on twitter and letterbox at Filmadelphia. that's f i l m uh Film uh and uh, my podcast i like to movie movie um you can if you just google i like to movie movie you'll probably find us um we're on twitter at i like to movie that's like our uh, our handle pretty much everywhere and um i write for some76.com uh, uh with less frequency during this uh crisis because my brain is having a lot of trouble but uh generally i'm over there you can find
1: me there yeah and i'll make sure to post the links to your podcast and such on movie john yeah so that way because i know sometimes it's like when i listen to podcasts and people start rattling everything off i'm like wait where?
0: yeah and ours is so (laughs) fucking confusing (laughs) this is horribly (laughs) confusing so
1: yeah thanks no worries and and ryan um where can people find your writing and your presence online.
2: Sure. Uh, you can find me most frequently on Twitter and letterbox at silver, whatever that's with a B. You can also find my writing at cinema 76.com and in the pages of the upcoming movie John issue. Uh, and then you can find my other podcasts, uh, the shame files podcast and F yet F one, wherever you are listening to this podcast.
1: Yes. And same goes for me. I, as I mentioned earlier, I have another podcast cinematic crypt in which I uncover old films from Hollywood's past. And I am also on Twitter at Bonjour Old Sport or Letterboxd at Rosalie Kicks. Uh, So, Garrett, I realized we didn't preface this in the beginning, but I don't know if you have a piece of advice from one of your films, Um, but we typically end the show with a piece of advice. So... Yeah, I can kick things off. I I have a piece of advice, Compliments of the Burbs, in which um, this is actually the character of Art, says to Ray, played by Tom Hanks, Ray, you're chanting, hey, once they get in here, meaning your head, it's over, pal. Which, I don't know why, but I just think that is a very good piece of advice because sometimes I do find myself chanting and you want to be careful you could you know call up a spirit of some sort like i just watched Candyman, mm, and now like i find movie. my i watched it for the first time yeah okay and like now every time i'm in the bathroom i'm like i do not want to be chanting Candyman because <laughs> he that was a scary movie it is a scary
0: movie i agree and now
1: i'm very much looking forward to the new one Me too. i think it's I hope it's still coming out this year. We might have to wait till next year though. But yeah, you want to be careful when you're chanting.
0: Yeah, you do. I I do have a piece of advice for mine. I can go if you guys uh, want to. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, So, um, uh, later in the movie, Rod sort of has to explain his, uh, his quiet place to somebody. Uh, and he says, I needed to think about last night. So I galloped into a wooded glen. And after punch dancing out my rage and suffering an extremely long and very painful fall, I realized what had to be done. Uh, and I, I think that's great advice. Sometimes you need to punch dance your rage out uh, and, you know, suffer an extremely long and very painful fall. But, uh, you know, you'll realize what needs to be done on the other side of it. <laughs> uh,
2: the I do have a quote from uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, at least the um, uh, English dub version, <laughs> because I do not speak Japanese and would not attempt to quote japanese um but uh the uh, one of her helpful friends says we each need to find our own inspiration kiki and sometimes it is not easy
0: oh, i love that
1: yeah that's great um this was a lot of fun thanks for coming on the show garrett
0: this was a blast thank you guys for having me i'm sorry that no matter what podcast i'm on it ends up being an hour and 13 minutes long
1: no it's fine with with the guests we you know we know we're probably going to go over the hour but we do try to stick to the hour mark but no this was great thank you for coming on and you're welcome back anytime oh my
2: pleasure i would love
0: to this was great
2: yeah thanks for joining us yeah
1: yeah so thanks for listening and until next time remember for every question there's a movie with the answer bye
2: Bye -bye. Bye
0: bye-bye